1: So you had a lot of sex to make a baby,
2: or maybe just once,
1: and now getting lucky.
2: That means a sleeping baby.
1: It can be one of the first things to go in a relationship when you have everybody vying for your attention.
2: How do you make the time and energy to have sex a priority in your relationship after the baby comes? I'm Tony. And I'm Elisa. And we're authors of the Seven Days of Sex Challenge.
1: And have a podcast focused on sex called One Extraordinary Marriage. And this is Parent Savers, Episode 7.
3: Welcome to Parent Savers, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. I'm your host, Casey Wilt. Parent Savers is all about helping new parents preserve their sanity by giving you expert advice from the baby years through the toddler years. Feel free to send us emails or suggestions on our website, parentsavers.com, or our Facebook page. You can also call the Parent Savers hotline at 619-866-4775. I am a new parent myself. My son, Carson, is 16 months old. And I am joined by two new panelists here in the studio.
0: Hi, everyone. I'm Sunny Galt. I'm actually the host of Parent Saver's sister show, Preggy Pals, which is all about pregnancy. I am 34 years old, and I have two children. Both are little boys. One is 21 months, and one is almost a month. Almost a month. Almost, I know, right? It's oh my almost gosh. a month. It's almost a month.
4: It goes so month. fast. I know. And we have Danelle here. Hi, I'm Danelle Datois, and I'm 32, and I have a little boy named Jude, and he's two years old. Uh-huh. Mm. Are you
0: French? or the, the, your husband French? My or?
4: husband is French. Oh, I yeah. love that. They, your name yeah.
3: sounds so good to it weather. perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. And I, I know her last name, but I've never heard it spoken D'Trois. so eloquently yeah. like that. I love <laughs> it. It's gorgeous. It was nice. I'm so, I'm so jealous. So today we have some headlines um, in the news. We actually last time talked about the Time article, Are You Mom Enough? And on the front cover had um, Jamie breastfeeding a three, three-year-old, three and it has caused controversy. So I actually have an article that I got today, and it says, Are we ready for a ceasefire in the mommy wars? So what do you guys think about that? Do you think mommy wars exist and like, I don't know. How do we, how do we stop them? And, 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 the fun part about our headlines today is we have our expert joining us in on it as well. Another mom ourselves so. so. tell yeah. us, what do you think, Elisa? I, I'm convinced the mommy wars exist. Yeah. I know
2: that I hear it and my kids are both in elementary school. We've got a six year old and a nine year old and between
3: the stay at home moms and the working
2: moms, there is that undercurrent of tension. So it doesn't stop. It doesn't
3: stop. Are we gonna sell mommy wars at college? Like what college you went to, what college my son went to? You know,
2: I, unfortunately, I, I think you probably will. Mm-hmm. Oh. When you guys think these mommy
0: wars actually start though, cause I don't know oh. if I've really felt the full force of mommy wars yet, but my kids are still pretty young. My kids aren't in school yet. And um, I feel like, you know, once you can, you know, they start getting involved in extracurricular activities and the sports and everything, and then it becomes yeah. a lot more competitive. Right now, you know, I'm just trying to get my kid to say a couple words, you
3: know? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not quite at that stage yet. So, when do you guys think this starts? Well,. I think for me it started in pregnancy because I felt like it was kind of like have you felt your baby kick yet? Well, I felt mine kick. <laughs> it's totally started well you've oh my gosh you're so you look like you're about to pop I still I still have a nice rack and I'm skinny you know or whatever <laughs> like I have a cute bump you know and then it went on from there like a second are you, are you breastfeeding or are you doing formula and are you yeah, I an, do feel that are you having a natural birth or are you going to have an epidural <laughs> an Epidural. an epidural. yeah are you going to have that and uh, ruin your child because you go slow like a turtle you know yeah <laughs> There we go. Turn it back around. But, um, yeah, I think I f- felt like a second you got pregnant, it was just all about let me give you all the advice I have and dump it on you, and then mm, I don't agree with yours, and mm. in my way, superior. Yeah. I mean, and that's what the article talks about. Like, it's basically when mom's not feeling good enough and woman feeling superior in their choice, even though I know I'm better than all of you. But you know, <laughs> just least you're humble. I know. You know I'm <laughs> I'm just kidding. What is, it's one
0: of the one things that we pretty much all have in common, right? Mm-hmm. I know not everybody has kids or chooses to have kids, but it is something that we all have in common that we can talk about. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame that we compare ourselves so much. But I think it's more of a common denominator, you know. And you just so happen to maybe say some stuff you shouldn't say, just because you're trying to make conversation, or mm-hmm. again, you know,
3: you're just maybe just trying to talk to people other than your kids. I know. Get out of the house a little bit well you know? but it's you know the la the epis the article it, we talked about it last time was that all those um people the comments on that episode mm-hmm. they were calling like this woman a whore and yeah. all sorts of, and it was like why do we have to start calling names like mm-hmm.
2: that's taking it too far yeah
3: you know we don't know what her life is Mm -hmm. like yeah it's just a whole name calling stuff and anyways everyone be be friendly out there be nice we're starting right now we're doing our (laughs) ceasefire parent Parent (laughs) savers we're all about there you go we're all about every side of the board (laughs) work or don't work we don't care just love your child (laughs) and
2: ultimately that's what it comes down to exactly
3: Today on Parent Savers, we have Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo from OneExtraordinaryMarriage.com here to talk with us about sex after kids, (laughs) and I'm blushing already, and how to cure those nighttime headaches that all you mamas are getting out there (laughs) to avoid bedroom talk. So... Mm -hmm. Um, I guess we should call you our sex-perts rather okay. than... <laughs> you can call us sex-perts, that's fine. We, have,
1: said... we have a lot of it.
3: <laughs> so um, let's start from the beginning. Oh, I am starting this start, term. <laughs> it's getting hot here yes. and it hasn't started. Um, so why is sex important in a relationship? Can you guys tell me?
2: Absolutely. Um, you know, obviously, you guys are talking about mommyhood and mm-hmm. parenthood and things like that. You had sex getting into parenthood. I mean, mm, that's right. how it happened for almost everybody. I mean, we know that there are couples that struggle with infertility and whatnot, but
1: but they still have sex. <laughs> they still have sex? Right? Yeah, everybody's right. having
2: sex. <laughs> the thing is, is that physical intimacy is such a vital component to our marriages. Mm. You know, we need we need to touch and be touched, a- and the ultimate expression of that is through sexual intimacy. And so when that goes away, for many couples, as it does postpartum Mm -hmm. there's an absence there's a void in their marriage that really starts to change the dynamic i mean we know even for ourselves um and and for many of our listeners you know we hear all of a sudden um, especially for first-time parents you have this screaming little bundle that you don't understand Um, cries at all kinds of random hours. You're exhausted because suddenly they need that 2 a.m. feeding and then Mm -hmm. maybe the 3 a.m. feeding. And if you're really blessed that night a 4 a.m. feeding and 20 diapers later. um, Mm -hmm. And your body, for us women, does not feel sexy.
1: Mm. And as a husband, you're, for me anyway, and from the husbands that we have talked to, we don't see it like, oh, you just had a baby. We're going, hey, our needs Mm -hmm. aren't being met right now. Right. And because that need isn't being met, we're frustrated. And w- w- there's there's this, like Elisa said, there's this kid in here who's crying and all that. But we want our needs met as well because we everybody were wants this.
2: a piece of you. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's what we feel like. Mm. You know, I mean, especially those of you that've got toddlers now, mm. you know, when you've got these little hands calling, you know, crawling all over you all day and somebody's holding on to you and somebody's calling mommy, 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 especially once they, you know, it's so wonderful to hear mommy the first time. <laughs> and then after that <laughs> I mean, you're like, you, you feel so blessed that your child has gotten to the point where they're speaking and then 400 mommies later, <laughs> like, really, we could have waited another month. <laughs> <laughs> but then your husband looks at you and he's like, "Hey, <laughs> Let's go to the bedroom. And you're like, I, I've got nothing to give. Yeah. All right. You know, mm-hmm. we feel that way. We feel. And so it's it's getting past that a- and realizing, you know what? This person that I made a baby with, I still need to work on that relationship. It doesn't just end once I get the baby. Hmm. You know, that's that's not the that's not the prize.
4: Why does sex take a back burner when you have children?
1: You know, from a husband point of view. You know, it's not just you and your spouse anymore. It's you, your spouse, and one, two, three, four, however many kids you decide to have. Or and if so- you
3: live with your parent, my parent, your in-laws, like we do. Oh, <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah,
2: that's a whole Got lot of
3: and a couple other people in the house.
1: <laughs> right. So, so the stress level, you know, increases, and that can that can really hamper that time you have together.
2: Because when when you're so stressed, and let's face it, motherhood is stressful. And if somebody tells you they're not, that's probably another episode for you guys. You know, <laughs> mothers being truthful. Um, you know, when you're dealing with that stress, you don't you get to a point where you just want to shut down,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and and that a lot of for a lot of women, that turns into I don't want to have sex. Mm-hmm. You know, and so they're like, oh, I'm just I'm tired. You know, or like you mentioned earlier, you know, the headaches yeah. start popping up <laughs> very frequently. <laughs> Very or as
1: Elisa used to do, the the time in the bathroom would extend out for, <laughs> for long periods of time. I'd be sitting there reading in bed and, you know, hey, honey, you coming to bed? Yeah, I'll be there in a minute. And before you know, it's like... <laughs> Half an hour, 45 minutes later, and I'm I'm conked out sleeping.
3: <laughs> so is that the trick to do? To
2: play that, that? Well, you know what? It's so funny because we, we talk about that with a lot. I talk about it with a lot of women, just all of the different excuses and stall tactics hmm. that we get really good at. And some are very deliberate, and some are probably a little more subversive. Um, but if you don't want to have sex, you'll figure out ways not to have sex. Hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Read Much, the book.
2: I've done that before I'm like one more chapter one more chapter (laughs) but what I didn't realize when I was doing that in my own marriage was the detriment it was having on our marital relationship Hmm. because when you start to pull away from each other physically it it starts to pull that connection apart physical Mm -hmm. intimacy is such a vital component to marriage that you've got to maintain that post kids
1: but let's talk about excuses though and, and the detriment it has in the marriage okay because time after time when you continue to reject or when you continue to make excuses, Mm -hmm. you're rejecting. You're rejecting your spouse Mm -hmm. each and every time. You may not know that as a mother that you're doing Mm -hmm. that. You're just thinking about yourself at that moment in time. But time after time after time, you're rejecting your spouse and you're pushing them farther and farther away. And that takes its toll on us husbands. Absolutely. And I will tell you, moms, there are other women who will be there who will help him out if you're not there? And if you continue to push him away, and we know that that's from that's
2: harsh, but <laughs> it's true, it,
1: it, it, but it's, it's true. I mean,
2: we yeah. we wouldn't bring it up if we hadn't heard from listeners time and time again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that this is what's happened in their own lives, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, this so- comes from many many conversations, and it's it's something that we feel really strongly about because our whole website. I mean, we built one extraordinary marriage on building up marriages. And so we want people to be aware of what the pitfalls can be so that you can say, Ooh, I'm doing that excuse thing. Hold on. I I don't want to do that. I don't want to push him away. Mm -hmm. I want to, you know, let's sit down and talk. Maybe I'm not up for having sex, but maybe we can just cuddle on the couch, Mm -hmm. you know, because those excuses they do, they build up this huge wall between the two of you. And in some cases you can't break down that wall because he's just tired of being rejected. Hmm. Yeah. You know, we actually had one listener. I just want to share this real quick. Um, New mom wrote to us when she was six months postpartum. I think Mm -hmm. it was about five, six months postpartum. And they were having serious issues connecting it. You know, she's like, he wants it all the time, but I'm tired. And Mm -hmm. I was was really, I went right back to her and said, look, he was there first. You know, and if you continue to put him below changing a stinky diaper, do you think he's going to stick around? No, he doesn't want to be there. He wants Mm. to, you know... You needed him to make the baby. Let him know that he's still important to you. And so she wrote us back about four months later telling us that she didn't like my message. Okay, (laughs) you know what? We do a lot of tough love on our show. (laughs) Um, But what she said was we came up with a compromise. If he told me any night before 10 that he wanted to have sex that night, she goes, I was ready in 10 minutes. 10 o'clock was the window, though, because after 10, I'm... I'm done. That is done. so smart wow. because
3: I feel like my husband always at 10 o'clock when we're in bed and I'm ready. He's like, you know, putting the moves on me. I'm like, no, if you started this an hour ago before CSI, we totally would have been, <laughs> okay. you know, it would have
2: been worth it to skip CSI <laughs> it, that it night. would have been
3: fine. But mm-hmm. now that you're, and then I feel bad as a rejector right. because, you know, here I am, I'm, I'm rejecting him so late at night, but it's, I would have been fine. You know? At nine. Yeah. Like,
2: like maybe your time is nine. Yeah. Say, okay. Anytime by, you know, by nine, mm-hmm. I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. At 10, dude, lights out yeah that's a good that's a good so it was compromise. it was a great compromise and it has worked so well for them and their marriage is in a completely different place now because he feels valued right. he knows what he has to do mm. to have intimacy with her and it works with that their new f- dynamic of their family right so yeah there's there's another issue that
0: I wanted to bring up too I had a, a good friend of mine who had a baby at a younger age um, and I, I can't remember if she was married at the time she did end up marrying him but that's besides the point. That the issue was that after she had her baby, um, he really didn't want to have anything to do with her. He um, and it was more Does of it object a switch. It, well, you know, I mean, it's not that she was all over him now or anything like that, but it was more that. She had had a baby. She had put on some weight, mm-hmm. and that wasn't that attractive factor anymore. And she's a beautiful girl in a sense. Lost the weight and more, and you know, was totally remade herself. But still, um, you know, I, I feel like you know, we always say, um, oh, oh, the guy always wants mm-hmm. it, and the girl never wants it. And sometimes it's the other way around. Sometimes mm-hmm. the women just want affection, and the guy is either put off by childbirth and what he saw during mm-hmm. childbirth, or True. a woman's body afterwards, or stretch marks, or whatever has happened. So I don't know. Um, to Tony, I'd love for you to kind of touch on that a little bit. <laughs> Tell me what you think. I, I
1: think all of us have body image issues, yeah. right? And especially women afterwards and men looking at their wives go through this process. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been through it twice, so I've seen it. And, you know, a, a big thing is the communication issue. You know, it's, it's okay. I understand what's happening, but let's talk. Let's emotionally connect so I can understand, as a wife, you know, so I can understand what is the issue now was it seeing the childbirth Mm -hmm. that freaked you out Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and if so let's discuss this together um and to go through that process i think is the big thing what ends up happening is so many of us in our marriages things come up and we just sort of stop talking about it so this is a time when hey you know let's look at our bodies let's look at each other we got together for a reason and and our bodies are going to change over time but let's continue to communicate. I think mm-hmm. that that's a big issue that we see a lot mm-hmm. of times. Is that yeah, it's coming up, and one mom's telling another mom, but that mom's not telling her husband. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're you so know, good at
2: telling our girlfriends, oh, yeah. um, but not and telling griping yourself. about our husbands and, and not going to not going to him and saying, okay, this is really bugging me. Right. Like like what's going on here? And it may be things that we don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. But I would much rather hear from Tony that. Okay, you know what? I liked you when you were a little bit firmer. (laughs) You know, it just, and and now you're a little squishy. And I'm just, I've got to kind of readjust, you know, what I think for who you are now, because now you're the mother of my children. And, and it's true, we don't always communicate well Mm -hmm. as couples. Sometimes we really drop the ball or stick the foot in the mouth or, Mm -hmm. you know, any of that stuff. And so it's unfortunate that, you know, after nine months of pregnancy, and, you know, in my case, 35 plus pounds with both kids and stretched out to here. Um, yeah, I did not look the way I did in my 20s.
3: Uh, here's a spinoff of Sonny's question. So the men typically, we always say men typically want it and then he'll go find it somewhere else. If the role is reversed, uh, I don't see necessarily, I mean, I d- don't say it doesn't happen, but I don't see women typically going, well, I'll go find it somewhere else. So how is she able to take her husband and actually she sits down, you've, you've Rebecca recommended sitting down, having a conversation with your husband, telling your husband, look, I want it more than you want it. How, how does, I mean, in my mind, the typical reaction, um, does it, does not really go if it was the opposite way around? I mean, cause the guy would be like, okay, let's go. If it was that way. But if he's not interested, then
1: there may be bigger issues. Yeah. There may be bigger issues. Um, we have found it more likely than not pornography is an issue. Hmm. So, um, the image, the body image that you talked about mm-hmm. is whatever he or she may be looking at it on the screen. We'll, we'll say for this instance, he, because he's not into it. So that becomes a big issue. And hmm. that's an addiction and it needs to be taken care of. Hmm. It, it just, it needs to be taken care of. If it's just that he's just spent, you know, his drive is just down. Because st- with the increase in stress, your your sexual desire decreases. Mm-hmm. And, and we've seen it in our marriage happen numerous times. and I And I can see it. It's like... Gosh, I am just not in it, and I'm look and I've looked back over those times, and I'm going, well, "What's going on?" Oh, well, there's some major issues going on, and mentally, I'm not there. So if I can't get there mentally, I'm just out of it, and my sexual desire isn't raised. Mm-hmm. And so th- that's a big one. When it comes to the talking, though, Elise and I always say, "Hey, if you guys haven't had a really good heart-to-heart talk about sex in your marriage, you need to have a state of your marriage." sex talk hmm. like you need to sit down and talk about sex instead of just having it you need to talk about it a little bit and not in the bedroom right before you're about to have sex <laughs> because a lot of times we just go we're infatuated with each other when we first get together and we it's so new and it's so amazing so we don't ever talk about it but the best time to be talking about sex is when you're not in that mode when you're not sitting in the bedroom about to have it you, you take time and it may be two three four maybe 20 different conversations. But you start to talk about these things, about body image. What do you enjoy? What do you not enjoy? She may have changed a way that she is engaging him in foreplay that no longer – that doesn't arouse him. Mm. So he doesn't want to go down that path because it – it he doesn't like it. But he doesn't know how to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? There's, there's a number of issues that could be here. But we got to be talking about sex – If you want to have it, and and it can't be two minutes before we're about to have it because that's not the place. we got to be having it other times. It needs to be coming up in conversation Mm -hmm. um, between husband and wife.
3: When we come back, we'll talk about ways to reignite the flame and put sex in your weekly routine. So what can we do to reignite the flame in our marriage and sex life? What are ways that you teach or tell people about?
2: The most important thing is to be intentional okay. about your sex life. Um, you know, we have a lot of couples that are like, oh, but I like it to be spontaneous. And, and we were actually teaching a class and the wife looked at the husband when he's like, oh, you know, I want it to be spontaneous. And she looks at him and was like, how's that working out for you? <laughs> <laughs> And the reality is if you have kids, spontaneity is probably not working out for you that much because Mm. you're exhausted or, you know, he wakes up with an earache or, you know, whatever it is. So what we coach couples to do is to be intentional. And one of the ways that we do that is to we tell them to um, calendar, calendar. Mm -hmm. you know, actually take out your calendars and, and like at the beginning of the week, a month in advance,
1: whatever works for you. You know, it, it may take a little time to figure that out. But whatever works for you, it may be, hey, to start out, it's a weekly thing. So maybe on a Sunday you pull it out and you go, hey, you know what? Wednesday morning works. And so you circle Wednesday morning. Or it may be Wednesday as a whole. That's when we want to have sex. But, yeah. All
3: day long? No. no.
1: i <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. Ouch.
0: I've got one word. Ouch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, but the thing with that is that, you know.
1: It's a huge secret, though. It is the number one secret that if couples would put this into practice, it would become something that they really enjoy doing again. Mm
4: -hmm. Now, I have a Mm -hmm. question for that, because we tried that at home with my husband, and he said that he didn't like that idea because it was a set schedule and it wasn't romantic enough. So how do you get over that? That's a great question. Hill of it just being scheduled and you just have to do it no
2: matter what. What works for us, and we call it our intimacy lifestyle. And so for us, Um, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday are Tony's days. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday are Uh, my days. I will explain it because everybody listening is going, oh, my gosh, (laughs) that's six days a week. No, we're not having sex six days a week. Um, He'd be a very happy man, but we can't (laughs) Uh, I'd be tired, though. I'd be tired. On Tony's three days, he has the responsibility to initiate sex on one of those three days. On my three days, I have the responsibility to initiate sex on one of those three days. So what that does is it still gives us the spontaneity, the ability to romance, leave candles lit, you know, do that type of thing. But we know that twice a week we're having sex Uh and we've taken it a step further because we know that initiating is a big problem Mm -hmm. for most couples. One partner is always the initiator and one partner is always the pursuit, you know, Mm -hmm. pursuer and pursuit. And it was a problem in our marriage. I, for many years, was like, okay, come, you know, come and pursue me Um, if I want to. Great. If not, guess what? You're not getting any. I think that's pretty pretty typical. (laughs) You know, and and that goes back to the whole rejection thing that we talked about in the first segment. That was detrimental to my marriage. And he wants to feel like I desire him. So I need to be, you know, lighting the candles or sending him text messages saying, hey, you know, tonight I'm thinking about you, you know, or we've got this tonight. The kids are here, you and me. Um, and so, by by doing that calendaring it and having that intimacy lifestyle, you can have the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. You can romance. You know, if you've got, for example, Donnell, if you've got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, he doesn't know when you're going to romance him. He just knows that he might walk into the bedroom one night and candles might be lit. Oh, hello! Mm-hmm. That that sends up a big signal. Um, or he can say, you know what, Mondays are my day. You know, Monday, Tuesday are my days, and I'm going to
3: come home with a red rose, and that's going to be the signal. Hey, baby. You what know? if he, what if he gets to the end of the week and you're like, shoot, I forgot to do it. Do you just I well, I guess I just answered my own question. I guess to do it then that night.
1: <laughs> and that, there are, and that if, happens. That
2: happens.
3: You know because life does get busy. Mm. You know our kids
2: are a little bit older um, than the three of you, and so we've got baseball games and we've got school programs and whatnot. And so there are some nights where it's like, oh, it's eight thirty. I thought I was going to have sex tonight. Mm-hmm. Nope, tomorrow. We're definitely having sex. Yeah. That's just the way it goes. Do the yeah. math. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're out and, of days. And, and this really
1: helps, like Elisa said. So one, you're calendaring it. You got some days in there. Two is you're taking the lead. And that's a big thing that we love because now it is. Elisa can take the lead on those three days. And I'll take the lead on one of my three days. And it's it's wonderful because there are times when she she doesn't know when I'm going to romance her. But she may be working out in the garage doing something and I'll light all the candles in our bedroom and I'll just have it all set up. Kids are already asleep and I'll be like, hey, you coming to, coming to bed, Hunt? Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. And when she walks in, it's like, oh, yep, okay, here it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> no,
3: what, no, what about if you have a headache You know, or you have your excuse or your explanation? <laughs> you, whatever. And that's awesome because I'm so glad you asked that question because we
2: have actually designated our bedroom a no rejection zone. Mm-hmm. So if... If on one of those de- you know, if on the day that I walk into the bedroom and the candles are lit, we're having sex that night. If I've got a headache, I need to have told him earlier Fire. in the day. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that he's not going, uh, why I, you weren't feeling well.
3: What? what, what or, you
2: rough, or you had a rough day. A like rough you day. Yeah. 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 Was, he comes home from work and I'm like, the kids were, <laughs> ah, I'm losing my mind. The kids were just, you know, fighting with each other all day and, and we had this happen and that happened and. He's not going to initiate that. So yet. he
3: takes a signal and says, mm-hmm. no, okay. Not tonight. Yeah.
2: And, and I, you know, I've come to understand how damaging rejection can be in a marriage. And it's something that I wish I had known. We've been married almost 16 years. I wish I had known in the first few years of my marriage, hmm. I, I would have saved a lot of distancing between the two of us. And it is, it is one of the things that I think most women don't realize they're doing because they're just like, well, you know, I don't want to have sex tonight. Not a big yeah. deal. I don't want to have sex. Yeah. But to him, It's a huge deal when we say no because for a lot of men, that is their connection. Hmm. And so when we say, I don't want you or or, I don't want to have sex, they're hearing, I don't want you. Mm -hmm. And think, you know, if you're constantly saying that, think about the
3: message that sends. So tell me about the seven day sex challenge. What is it? Obviously, the title kind of explains itself, but what is it?
1: (laughs) Seven days of sex challenge. One thing we believe in and we've done for five years now Mm -hmm. is once a year we do the seven days of sex challenge. So we have sex for seven days straight. And each, each day we challenge ourselves to do something different. And our community, now we've opened up the last three with years he, With community. their prospective partners. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. This is <laughs> <laughs> doing so you, it with you your partner. You are only having <laughs> sex with your spouse. Yes, and so what we love talking about and sharing is that these seven days and the way we walk you through it will help you to get everything that we've been talking about here right but you put it in 7 condensed okay. days and it's amazing because the big thing is is that you commit to it that's the big thing you commit to it you're going to go we are going to do this and we're not going to give up on ourselves right even if you miss a day we've had couples do that they miss a day something happens but they just jump right back up on the bandwagon they just keep on going and the 3 years that we've done it with our community at one extraordinary marriage We've had the most amazing results. I mean, so many couples just going, I didn't think we could do this. We were in a slump. And seven days later, it's absolutely amazing. We're Mm. talking. We're communicating. Yeah, you know, we're learning more about each other. And we still got a long way to go. But wow, this really challenged us, got us out of our comfort zone. And now we're really excited to see what's to come.
2: For your listeners that will go to our website, they will find you know, the pages where you know, you can read the comments from past days because we do, a, um, the last two years we've done videos mm-hmm. for each day just to challenge them and give them... Uh, a, different videos. Videos of like a how-to, mm-hmm. whatever yeah. whatever the challenge is for that day. Got so it. if it's like change of scenery, ideas for change of scenery, or, yeah. you know, every year we, we encourage them to have one day where they do a quickie because, you know, the art of the quickie and and building it into your marriage, it's a good thing to just to have that kind of in your tool belt to say...
3: Okay, you know what we've. I got. know how to do one of those. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you well, put I, it on your you, resume. I've
2: got, I've got, <laughs> I've got five minutes, and we just want to connect. And so, you know what, we don't have time for foreplay mm. in three hours, and yeah. you know that type of thing. But gosh, you know, I mean, the kids are watching cartoons, mom and dad aren't going to be here for dinner until six. You know, meet me in the bathroom. I mean, we've had couples that have come to us, you know, in really dire straits. You know, not even sure that they want to do this, and then they find themselves at the end of seven days going, "Wow." You know who knew, and we you know we've got couples that have been married forty years. They're like, you know what, that was really fun. We've, we did some things we haven't done in the last twenty years, and all in between, because we've lost in our frenzied society, we've lost the ability to constantly put focus on intimacy in our marriages, and especially with kids. Especially mm-hmm. with kids. You know, here's the funny thing: you can't have sex with somebody if you're griping about the garbage not being taken out or the dishes not being done. So you learn to work through. Those obstacles, because you're like, okay, I still have to, you know, I'm still going to have sex with this person at the end of the day. So is it really that important that I had to bring the trash cans in and not him? Mm -hmm. Yeah, not so much. Or that he forgot the milk. Okay, you know what? Or or she forgot to, you know, pick up the clothes at the dry, whatever it is. You realize that those things are not so important. It's like I've told women every time I've talked about this topic your dishes will be there, your laundry will be there. Invest in what might not be there.
3: Thanks to Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo for helping us to put sex back in our relationships. If you want more information on One Extraordinary Marriage podcast or a seven-day sex challenge, go to today's show on our episodes page on our website, www.parentsavers.com, or visit oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Before we wrap up today's show, here is A Parent's Guide to Babysitting.
4: Hi, Parent Savers. This is Jody Tart with Urban Sitter, a website that connects you to friend tested sitters. I'm here today to help you figure out the right questions to ask when searching for a babysitter. What type of experience should your babysitter have? Previous child care experience is incredibly important. Beyond the number of years a candidate has been babysitting or nannying, it is important to ask if he or she has had experience with children your child's age. If you have an infant, you need a sitter that is comfortable changing diapers. And if you have a toddler, you'll be on the lookout for active sitters who like to take the kids to the park. If you have multiples, it's important that the sitter has cared for more than one child at once. Do they have references from families that they have worked for previously? Don't just look at them. You got to check them. There's nothing more comforting to hear than another person's personal recommendation. A good way to get a feel for a sitter is to invite them over for your home for a quote working interview. The sitter is going to come over and care for your children when you're at home. So this type of interview typically it lasts for about an hour and it's unpaid but it's great because not only can you see how the sitter interacts with your children but you can give them guidance on specific requests that you may have forgotten about as they come up. Like a poopy diaper that needs to go directly to the outside garbage, not in the trash can. Realize these sitters are going to be nervous, so try to give them some space to do their thing. You don't want to look over their shoulder the whole time, or you won't get a good feel. It will be easy to see if they are comfortable interacting with your child. For instance, once a babysitter told me she had tons of experience babysitting infants, and then she put my daughter's diaper on backwards. So I would always remind the sitters of some basics that seem obvious to a parent, but might not to a young adult. Like, don't walk away from a baby on a changing table. Don't give a toddler whole grapes. You get the idea. Even though it's like second nature to us parents now, it never hurts to refresh a sitter's memory. Okay, Parent Savers, it's time to say hello to your old friend's spontaneity. Visit urbansitter.com and find and book trusted babysitters your friends know and love. That wraps up today's episode. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions for our experts about
3: today's show or the topics we discussed, call our Parent Savers hotline at 619-866-4775 or send us an email through our website, parentsavers.com or Facebook page, and we'll answer your question in an upcoming episode. Coming up next week, we'll talk about baby greenwashing, what products really are green and safe for your little ones. Thanks for listening to Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere.
4: And should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care
2: problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby,